magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. It is 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 317-684-8444. That is our phone number. We've got some phone calls from you. We love your input, so let's get to them. Yes, and in just a moment, we will get to, uh, I witnessed it with my own two eyes last night, Casey, a very rare but to be celebrated act of government accountability on behalf of the people. And you know our rule here, Casey. We would love nothing more than government to be praised all day, every day when they do the right thing. And we go out of our way when they do the right thing to make sure the public knows who these great public servants are. And so we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, the big Plainfield School Board meeting was last night. Yeah. You may remember the Plainfield Assistant Superintendent, I think she was. Who likes to fly under the radar and things are taken out of context all the time with her. Yes, part of that video, uh, she was on tape talking about the white privilege walk, I believe, of some sort. Um, And then the Plainfield response was, doesn't matter what you saw. You didn't see what you thought you saw. And then people said, but I saw what I saw. No, we don't do that here. But I saw, no, we don't do that here. So there was a school board meeting last night, and we've had people keeping us uh, abreast of that. Aloha, guys. Good morning. I just uh, update you on the Plainfield meeting last night. I'd say approximately 150 people showed up. It was a pretty good turnout. Uh, over 50% of the people had comments and concerns that were voiced. Uh, the meeting ran approximately three and a half hours, and this assistant superintendent refuses to step down. The superintendent refuses to terminate her, so I guess it's on to step two of the process. But uh, a lot of their responses were obviously rehearsed and programmed. It wasn't heartfelt. The circle of trust has been broken. They know they've been outed, and we'll go from here. I did mention your name, by the way, Rob Kendall. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Love your show. Let's keep up the fight. Bye. I can't tell you the joy it brings me that some guy got up at a Plainfield school board meeting and said, Rob Kendall sent me. <laughs> I wonder how that went over. Well, it was a scripted response. <laughs> He said they had 150 people. I wonder what the usual crowd is. I guarantee it is not 150, nor probably one-tenth of 150, and that's awesome. Yeah. But here's the thing. You got to do it every month. You got to hold these people accountable because they're banking on you, and I'm telling you this from experience, they're banking on you running out of steam. You'll run out of steam before they do, and the fact that they're not firing this woman who is on tape I mean, again, she you white privilege walk or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, there's no misinterpreting what she said, but they are standing behind her, which shows that's what they want. If they'd come out and said, 
which all my years out there being a part of Plainfield and various sporting broadcasts, et cetera, I would have thought they would have said, I, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person is in our midst. She doesn't represent us. She's out of here. And anybody that we've caught collaborating with her, you're out of here. But they're clearly standing behind this woman, which means that's what they want. She's on tape. There's no misinterpreting. There's no manipulation. That's what they want. Yeah, they agree with her. And isn't leave of absence the trendy thing to do right now? (laughs) She's not even being put on leave of absence. Yeah. All right, Uh, Kev, what's next? Hey, Robin Casey. Love you guys. Love the show. Um, As to point that you were making earlier today about them not selling cold beverages or trying to stop that. Um, in the 10 years I've, since I've lived in Indiana, the price for a 12-pack has gone up from seven ninety nine to 17, well, $16.99, so $17. But if you buy, actually buy cold beer from the package store around where I live in Anderson, they actually charge you an extra dollar for buying cold beer instead of beer off the floor. I had no idea. So we had Nikki Kelly on yesterday, Mm -hmm. and she has written a very lovely editorial over at Indiana Capital Chronicle, which you can read, about this law that would strip stores' ability to sell cold liquor and allocate that, in addition to the cold beer sales, to the liquor stores. Mm -hmm. And the liquor lobby is one of the most powerful lobby groups in the entire state of Indiana. Our liquor laws are completely ridiculous and totally anti-freedom and liberty and this guy's right most liquor is more expensive at the liquor store and that sucks that our lawmakers are tipping the scale in one way or another because of some favored special interest group and the amount of dollars and favors those people roll out yeah how long did it take to change the law about beer and wine and liquor sales on Sunday here in this Oh, state. well, and of course, they uh, they made it 12 to 8, Casey, because you know, if you drink, if you buy a cold beer at 8.30, you turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's all it's all, but it's your government in action, right? It's your government in action where they're tipping the scales in a ridiculous, brazen fashion in favor of one group over another based on the, and I'll do the air quotes here, influence that they have at the state house. Yeah. All right, one more, and then we'll talk about this act of government accountability. Uh, Somebody was very upset yesterday that I had the audacity to talk about how people like John Dingell, who was eight gajillion years old, serving in the U.S. US House, who had been there for 60 years, that I had the audacity to say, at some point, you are too old, you've been here too long, go home. Multiple people were very upset Mm. at my apparent, I guess, what is being interpreted as an attack on the senior citizens. Yeah. Uh, And here's one. Hey, good morning, Rob and Casey. Especially Rob, I'm going to address this. You talked this morning, Monday morning, about the people over 70 years old. Be careful there. Some of your demographics are 70 years old and older. I'm 71 myself. And as for our capabilities and all that, A, we don't have any grandchildren because of the society the way it is. Our kids are not producing any yet, or for that matter, even gotten married. Uh, The number two thing is the fact that uh, we're not quite as bright as we should be at that age, and we should be out going out and playing golf. I don't remember the last time I played putt-putt, so I'll give you the answer. Uh, The number, the additional thing on this is 
we are capable, our minds still work. And let me remind you of something, Rob. We've been through history. I sat in the house and listened to Kennedy speak to the Night of the Bay of the Pigs invasion. I remember Sputnik. I remember the tragedy in 1963. And it goes on and on. And we've lived this history. We understand this history. And we've seen the mistakes that people have made over the years. You would have thought that I said that people of a certain age have no value to society whatsoever and should all just be put in institutions and homes. Uh, One woman emailed me, was invoking my deceased grandparents. You know what I told her? My grandparents, when they were alive, who were this age, did not want people their age serving. Nobody said that old people don't have value to society. Nobody said that they are not an integral part of telling us the past, so we better understand the future. What we have said, Casey, is that at a certain point, if you have been here in public office for a certain time, which the overwhelming majority of people who are over 70 didn't just wake up at 72 and go, hey, I'm going to run for U.S. Senate. They've been in public office for decades. Mm -hmm. You have been there long enough. That is in no way a commentary on senior citizens or their role in society or their impact in society. What we are saying is if you have been somewhere for 30 years and you have not fixed the thing, time up. Move on. Even Joe Biden himself has said that older people should not serve. Do you want me to prove it to yes, you? Yes, please. Okay, Kevin, I'm going to ask you to find that classic Fire Up the Wayback Machine. It's a radio ad run by Joe Biden's campaign in 1972, suggesting that his 63-year-old opponent was too old to serve. In Kale Boggs' day when Stalin ruled, Americans had visions of Russian soldiers in our streets. Joe Biden's day, Americans have visions of American criminals in our streets. Joe Biden, he understands what's happening today. 1972 is when he aired that. This is my point. I mean, again, it is amazing for you to make a just a what should be a common sense observation that if you have been somewhere for decades and you have not solve the issue you have had ample opportunity to solve the issue and it is time to give someone else a chance why that would be a controversial statement it is in no way an indictment on the role that older people or senior citizens play in our society but it's no different than the conversation about entitlement reform anytime you try to make a just a statement that should be obvious to every single person there's a group of people you have offended me so dude's dad is celebrating a birthday this friday he's going to be 84 years old good for him he's a navy veteran served full 20 years one of the smartest men i know i mean he's like a a a master of all he's a walking encyclopedia he's the perfect age to declare his candidacy for the united states senate casey no, he's not. And he would say that himself. He would say that. I mean, like, just because you're knowledgeable and you know history doesn't mean you're up for the task. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. Hammer's going to join us. I got to tell you all about this great act of government accountability. Uh, it was just so wonderful. And I know Hammer will will get joy in this as well. So I want to include him in the process. So we'll talk about that when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
Casey. Yeah. Question. What? This is a very important question. Okay, I'm listening. Don't answer too quickly. Okay. <laughs> Think it all the way through. I will. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, imagine if you could get a 35% bonus when you invest your money. What do you think? I don't really have to think about that too hard. It sounds pretty good. And you have a lot of money, so this would totally be great for you. <laughs> if you invest $100,000, you would get a $35,000 bonus. Mm-hmm. You invest $200,000, you would get a $70,000 bonus. How's that sound? Sounds good. Well, you could learn more about how you could get a 35% bonus from Bill Demery, your retirement guy. It's Kendall and Casey, and you know, we love Bill so much, we believe in him, that we became clients too. Not only will you get a 35% bonus, you're going to sleep well at night knowing your money is backed by an A-plus insurance company that's been in business for quite a while, 140 years, and has $2.5 trillion in assets. To learn more how you could get your 35% bonus, call 317-932-9912. That's Bill Demery at 317-932-9912.